Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the first book of Kings, chapter 17. That is Milochim Aleph, Perak Yud Zion. We are at verse 17, that is Pasuk Yud Zion. And we are continuing to read the first chapter. We were introduced to a famous hero that would be Eliyahu, or Elijah the prophet. And we are going through the story of his encounter with the hunger and the starvation that the people were experiencing during this terrible drought. And we read of the first episode where he survived due to the generosity of the merchants. The second uh, part of this chapter, of the chapter we're reading now, he survived because of the generosity of this poor widow who was hungry and starving with her child. And we mentioned how she was distraught and in despair because of the terrible hunger, and Eliyahu gave her some strength and gave her the courage and strength to continue to make it through this terrible challenge. (coughs) However, she had a son, and her son did not have the psychological strength to make it through, at least until Eliyahu did what he was about, what we're about to read together. And he had an unfortunate event, an unfortunate tragedy. And when I read this, I'm going to again point out, like I did with the other episodes, that many read this as a miracle of resurrection, um, as Eliyahu resurrecting someone from the dead. However, again, deeply ensconced in the tradition of the rationalist uh, um, understanding of Tanakh and the rationalist um, uh, commentaries. Uh, Again, the Rambam, and I'm going to read to you the Rambam's commentary on this passage that we're about to read together. That's Maimonides' commentary about this. And then we'll understand the incredible power and lesson that one will learn from when one takes an approach that takes this out of the realm of the miraculous and places it directly in the hands of an incredibly powerful and empathetic and caring human being, such as Eliyahu, Elijah, helping these people through this terrible crisis. So, it was after these things had happened, <coughs> the story with the jug of oil and the uh, jar of flour that we just read about, the son of this woman, the woman who owned this house, became very ill. His illness became so strong until there was no soul left in him, neshama, soul or, or breath left in him. It is understood by many commentaries that this means that he had passed away. However, the Radak, who often... Uh, brings a commentary and understands verses in such a way that corresponds with a Maimonidean approach or, uh, uh, to understanding the words, tells us that lo bo neshama is very similar to the language that Daniel uses, lo notra bi neshama, right? Where, in, where Daniel, the prophet, obviously is not saying that he died, but it means that he lost his will. He lost his 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 um, will to go on. He lost his strength. He lost his emotional strength. And, and therefore, they would translate here that it does not mean death, but it means that he completely, uh, he went into some f- form of psychiatric shock 
that he was so completely and utterly depressed he had no life left in him, so to speak. Now, Rambam over here is very interesting in Mor Nevuchim, in Guide for the Perplexed, part one, chapter 42, brings over here and says, and is, this is, he says this in his discussion of the translation of the word mavet, which usually means death. He says over here, this verse did not say, this, th- did not use the language mavet, because mavet, death, often just means um, very ill, right? And he brings examples where the, it uses the term mavet, it uses the term death, even though all it really means is illness. So had it said over here, Mavet, all it would have mean is that he was very sick, which it just already said, Rather, it wanted to point out something deeper than that, which means, right, as Raman brings from some of the men of Andalusia, some of the scholars of Spain, exactly whom Raman is quoting isn't clear, but he brings it in their name, and I'm reading from one of the English translations, the Shlomo Pines translation in English of the Guide for the Perplexed, um, the, some of the men I'm reading from the guide right now interpret the verse as meaning that his breath was suspended so that no breath at all could be perceived in him as happens to people struck with apoplexy, which is some form of psychiatric disease like a catatonia, so to speak, right? So, so in other words, Ramam is saying that the reason why it chose this term was to tell us that he was suffering from a terrible, terrible psychiatric depression. Now, this is really important because remember, I just brought to you and I, we mentioned and I read to you from the Medrash Tanchuma that discusses the, t- that, that compares the term from Mishlei from Proverbs of Lo Yebo Etzev that she had no longer any sadness. Etzev is a depression, sadness or depression, right? In reference to the woman that was helping Eliyahu with food, even though she only had small amount of food, right? So it was this sadness that Eliyahu came to cure, and Eliyahu came and gave her strength. Remember, she was depressed, and this is the last podcast which we read, and she was so depressed that she felt, I will no longer live. I'm, this is my last bit of food, and then we're just going to die. And Eliyahu said, no, if you keep on pushing, you keep on making it through, you will get through. You will rely on the help of others, but you will make it. But here, her son has now reached a point of complete and utter despair. And then, so she said, so the woman says to Eliyahu, what do I, what's, what is in, what's here for me? And what do I need from you, O man of God? In other words, you, tr- you came here, you're giving me speeches about giving me strength and telling me I'll make it through. You came to me, so that, to remind me of my sins and end up killing my son. My son's just going to die. So is this what you came here for? So now she is in despair as well that her son is in such terrible shape. So what did Eliyahu do? He said to her, Bring your son to me. She took her son from her, from her, uh, from her lap. And she brought him up to the Aliyah, which is the upper uh, the loft or so, where Eliyahu was sleeping, where he stayed there. And he, she laid the boy down on Eliyahu's bed. And Eliyahu called out to God and said, Lord my God, Is it 
Are you also going to make this poor woman, this widow, that I am living with her, I'm relying upon her. Are you going to do bad to her that her son should pass on, that her son should end up dying because of... Because, uh, is, this, is this how bad it's going to be? Is this how terrible it's going to get? He stretched out himself out he, over the child three times. And he called out to God and said, Bring the soul of this young child back in, in, inside him. Bring it back to life. Now one can understand this as an episode of resurrection, which some do understand. But the way the Rambam read it and the way I'm reading it to you now, Eliyahu is hereby teaching this young child how, how important he is, how much he means to Eliyahu, how important he is because, look, he is, Eliyahu relies upon this family for sustenance. Eliyahu, as this great man of God, this great leader, relies on this family. He's giving him a sense of purpose. He's telling him, look how much you me- he means to Eliyahu. Look how much he matters. So God listened to the voice of Eliyoh. And the, the, uh, the soul of the boy returned and and he came back to life. So Eliyoh took this young boy. He brought him from the loft and brought him back down to the main floor of the house. Gave him to his mother, Vayomer Elio, and Elio said, Ri chai look, your son is alive. Vatomer ha'isha el Eliyahu, and now the woman said to Elio, Ato ze yodati, now I know, ki ish Elohim ata, and that you are a man of God, udvar Adonai b'ficha emes, and the word of God in your mouth is true. Now this is an interesting thought. What, why, what is it that she's saying over here, the word of God in your mouth is true? I'm, I would submit that she's referring back to the word of God that Elio started with in the beginning of this chapter in the first verse where Elio said, how will we survive this drought? With devari, with my word. What does that mean with my word? With the way I say, not the way you Ahab said that we're supposed to go and, and, and worship pagan idols in his arrogant self thinking that through such ritual and such kind of nonsense that he'll be able to bring people back, bring the rain back. But rather, the way we're going to survive is the way I teach, which is how to live the way God teaches us to live, which means to help each other, to work with each other, to help the widow, to help the poor, to be there when people need encouragement, to be there when people need strength. This is how we're going to survive. And now I know that it's the word of God in your mouth. That is the truth. That is the first verse, and that is the final verse of this chapter. That in Elio's mouth is the word of God, which is truth. So if we if we take if we take this understanding of this chapter, we see the progression of Elio, who goes from a, a person who declares that the way to make it through this drought is by 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 living the way God wants us to live, and then and then Elio shows us, and God shows Elio how. The people can make it through the drought by working together, by helping each other. This is how one can survive, and this is how one can live in a world where there will always be at least a little bit of flour left in the jar, at least a little bit of oil left in the jug, at least a little bit of strength left so that we can go on despite despair 
and despite the terrible situations that we live in, if we keep on moving forward and we work together with each other, we can make it through. This is the lesson of this chapter, and when we see and we study the life of Eliyahu for the next several chapters, we will understand the true strength of Elijah, not as a miracle worker, but as a person that brings strength to the people when this people need it, when he's able to tell the people, look, the situation is not good, but if we live the way God wants us to live, we'll be able to make it through because we'll make it through together. Thank you so much for studying chapter 17 together with me. Looking forward to studying chapter 18, which is also one of the most momentous chapters in all of Tanakh, one of the most famous, and uh, we'll uh, enjoy learning it together and have a wonderful day.